Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another exciting Minecraft podcast episode. On We're going to talk today about uh, living the happy life, and I'm just going to kind of share what I do because I was inspired recently um, by a reporter doing an article, and uh, I get asked this a lot, actually, so I thought I'd just, I don't know, share a few tips and take what you want and leave the rest kind of thing. So I'm Kimberly Quinn, Dr. Kimberly Quinn, and it is my role, my pleasure to help people become the boss of their brain, to become the boss of their brain, which means becoming the boss of your thoughts. It all starts with the mind. So as many of you probably know, you know, uh, lots of lots of famous people, of course, uh, we certainly don't know what everybody's doing, but many famous people have a morning routine, or even, you might even call it a ritual. I'd rather kind of stick with routine. I like the word better. And uh, and usually, they're, they're typically very short. You know, Tony Robbins has one. I don't even know if it's 15 minutes. Um, Oprah has done, a, you know, shows on this where they're, you know, uh, interviewing different people, and they have a morning routine, and it's so important, and it's not a huge time, time sort of investment, because it's important that it's short so that people continue to do it. In fact, Tony Robbins actually uses the word prime, prime your day. And priming is something I actually uh, talk about when uh, in my cognitive psychology class, because priming, of course, is probably most frequently, is a word most frequently found in, you know, marketing, commercials, TV, you know, ads on a computer, things like that. Because priming is actually subconscious. So that lands itself in the implicit memory or unconscious memory. So we can be, we're primed every day, especially now at the Olympics, you know, um, you know, those, you know, uh, athletes, they, they get hired for are sponsored by, you know, right guard or whatever sneakers or, you know, whatever like that. And, and we watch these commercials, they pop up on, on computers. And before you know it, you know, we're, we're running to buy Nike sneakers because our own Ellie Purrier maybe, uh, did a commercial with, with, with that on there. We're so proud of her. She's from Montgomery or let's say Michael Phelps. Um, but we can be endorsed or endorsed, geez. We can be primed in so many ways. Probably most of you out there can think of a jingle, probably maybe an, an annoying jingle uh, that you've heard on the radio, and it's just so easy. It rattle comes right out of you. And uh, I know in Cog Psych, when we, when we talk about this, I could literally rattle off the whole Burger King song from the 1970s. Do I put them through that pain and agony? Absolutely not. But I can come up with every single word because the marketing industry, you know, they certainly know what they're doing with the, you know, rhymey, sing-songy type of thing and, and getting things in our head. And that helps to prime us, you know, to go to Burger King or buy Nike shoes or right guard deodorant or whatever it is. And so we're going to talk about that today only in a more, um, positive way in priming our day. So similar but different to what, you know, marketers do because we're consciously, you know, kind of preparing ourselves for a good day. We can prepare ourselves in all kinds of ways. So, and, you know, sort of what, you know, priming in this sense means to set ourselves up to have a good day. And I actually have a, uh, a sign in my office and it's one of many because I have so many positive fun things in my office. One of them, one of the signs says, today is a good day to have a good day. So that sign in my office is something that, that is priming. Okay. So for me, one of the first things I do, which, um, I borrowed 
from John Kabat-Zinn, which is a video that I've shown in my, in my Minecraft class for a very long time. It's just he and Anderson Cooper, you know, talking about mindfulness and, and it's, it's very good. It's about 13 minutes long. And it's amazing. And John Kabat-Zinn talks about in the very beginning, he said, when you first wake up, you know, just take a minute or two or three, even just a minute is fine. One sixty seconds to just kind of wake up gently and, you know, stare out the window. And in the reality is I kind of chime in with students. I said, if, if you're late one minute, ain't going to matter at all. Right. But it can change your whole day. So years ago when I heard John Kabat-Zinn say this, I'm like, I just, it hit me. I'm like, wow, are, you are so right. Where's the fire? What's the hurry? And uh, my husband and I are very fortunate to have, you know, we live, you know, in Northern, gorgeous Northern Vermont, way out in the sticks and God's country, as they say. And so we've got a beautiful bay window in front of us. So that makes it easy to just kind of prop myself up for a minute and just mindfully, you know, check. I also get up early. So that mist thing happens in the morning, which I love. It burns off so quickly. So it's important to enjoy it right away and just kind of staring out there for, and you know, and if you stop yourself, just, you know, just look outside or, or uh, whatever, a candle, whatever you want to do. Um, it seems when we're mindful, it seems like so much time in a minute can seem like an hour. It really isn't that much time, but I'll tell you, wow, does this make a difference for me? I've been doing it for years. Just kind of prop myself up on the pillow. I don't say anything. The husband's still sound asleep and just looking out the window on our beautiful mountains and, and that mist again. And in the summer, of course, the birds are out and everything else. And in the winter, it's, I'm a winter person. It's breathtaking with the snow in the mountains and taking that minute or two or three at the most usually is just already I'm set up to, to, you know, priming my day. Okay. I also, oh, I left actually, there's one, there's something right before that. I wake up and I say, thank you right away. Then I look out the window. Okay. So I wake up. Thank you. I don't say any more words other than thank you. So wake up. Thank you. Prop myself up stare out the window for a minute or two at the most feels like an hour, but just a minute or two. Then when I swing around and my feet land on the floor and I stand up, I say, thank you. Sometimes I even kind of throw my arms out. My husband's used to it. So all I do is say those words again, thank you. In my head, I'm thinking is, is, you know, gravity takes over my feet land on the ground and I stand up straight in my head. I'm thinking without the language, even I'm just kind of aware of it that my legs work, my spine, thankfully, is intact, um, torso, everything working up top. I can see and hear and touch and taste and all of that. And again, I don't say any of it. I just say, thank you. So again, I start out, thank you, look out the window for a couple of minutes, swing around, thank you, as I kind of bounce out of bed. So right there, we, I'm already, already partially primed to have a very good day. Then I, I think we've, we've discussed the gratitude journal on more than one occasion. I've also mentioned how it's on my windowsill. And this embraces the 22nd rule, which I have to give a shout out to. Shout out to Sean Aker, author of The Happiness Advantage, because I got this from him years ago. This is also one of the books I use in my Minecraft class, which I've had students say is life-changing. Definitely one to get a hold of. So the 22nd rule is... Something we can use and is super effective when we want to either shift into a good habit or shift out of a bad habit. So an example would be if you want to start running and you haven't been running, maybe you've been walking, but you want to you know, shift, this, shift into this habit. 
if it takes you like, oh my gosh, like you wake up, you're like, oh my gosh, where are my running shorts? Oh, I forgot. They're in the laundry. I got to go dig them out of the dirty pile. Or, oh, my sneakers are downstairs. Oh, one of them doesn't have a lace or it's broken. You're like, ah, manana. Because that's what happens when it takes more than 20 seconds to get our stuff together. Or the reverse is true. If we want to stop watching as much TV and we go and hide the remote, let's say downstairs and somebody else's sock drawer or something, or if you really want to stop, put it out in the garage or someplace out in a car and you go to watch, you want to watch TV that night and it's, maybe it's even raining and you're like, oh gosh, I got to walk all the way out to the glove box and I lock it and I forget it. I'll read a book. So it's that sort of thing. It works in either direction. So for me with the 22nd rule, I literally have to walk out. You know, I got to walk right past my gratitude journal, which is on the windowsill. I, and I also kind of double up on the 22nd rule because I, I wedge a pen in there. And so I don't have to go looking for a pen because that's enough to have somebody just say, I'll oh, forget it. I'll do it tomorrow. It's just one day. And we start rationalizing. It's just one day. Well, with the gratitude journal thing, and uh, you know, if we're going to actually train our neurons to to uh, fire together, we got to change them to wire together. So if we don't stay consistent, it doesn't mean you can't miss a day here and there, but it's really the best not to. So keeping the journal on the windowsill with a pen in it, I'm going to be more apt to write in that journal every day, which is what I do. I rarely, rarely, rarely don't do this. And I write three things each day with the words I am grateful for. This is extremely important for neurological change. I am grateful for. And the writing it down is also important. Words said are good, but they don't have the power of the written word. So I am grateful for, because remember, neurons are like a two-year-old toddler, and so they need lots and lots of redirection. You know, go this way, go this way. Nope, nope, take mommy's hand, take dad's hand. Let's take dad and dad's hand. Go this way, go that. They need constant, you know, reeling in. And so it is with our neurons in, in our brain. So I am grateful for, and I write three things. So I am grateful for um, hot tea. I am grateful for my health. I am grateful for my eyesight. I am grateful for my husband bringing home takeout when I was tired, you know, whatever it is. But instead of just saying, you know, husband, takeout, you got to say the whole thing. I am grateful for. And after about 21 days, this is what about the average for a habit to shift, this will get easier. Easier and easier and easier, just like anything else. Now, obviously, that's average. Writing in a gratitude journal is not the same as quitting smoking. So there are going to be some exceptions where it might take longer because that involves receptors and the orbital frontal cortex and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so um, it does start to get easier. It takes less maintenance. Um, yes, and uh, something called the Tetris effect will also begin to work. This also gets a shout out to Sean Aker, author of The Happiness Advantage 2, which we've discussed in, in previous episodes. Um, it, then the term came from the game Tetris, which is a video game, and it doesn't take playing that game long for this to happen. It can be a matter of 15 minutes. And it's a game that involves colored shapes and kind of putting them in order. And it's, it's been found that when somebody plays this game, again, the longer, the more it's it's stronger effect, obviously. But it doesn't have to be for long for it to actually happen. The brain will automatically, once a person stops playing, automatically try to put shapes and things in its place. And, it, you know, people can walk through a grocery store and kind of try to make sense out of the cereal boxes and putting them, you know, in their heads and in different places on the shelf. And it, we can just, it's just what we start to do. And so this the Tetris, Tetris effect can work either way. So 
if somebody's filter is typically very negative, they got a pattern because the brain loves patterns. If they've got a pattern of seeing the negative in their day, it's going to get stronger and stronger each and every time they allow this because we are allowing it. We are in charge of our brain. It doesn't always feel like that, but we are. It's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. So it's also true with positivity. And when somebody starts writing in this gratitude journal with the three things every day I am grateful for, after about 21 days, probably will notice, more than likely will notice, that this person will sort of automatically start to see, search for, look for, filter out the positive things, the good things in the day, probably without even noticing it. Because the Tetris effect is in place with I am grateful for, I am grateful for, I am grateful for every day. After 21 days of that, the brain's starting to get it. Okay, this is our new pattern. We're not going down that negative path anymore. Now this is our new pattern, and we're thinking of the positive. Now, obviously, the more negative somebody you know, is to begin with, this may be a heavier lift in the beginning. Though just like a good parent with commitment and follow-through with a toddler, um, it'll, it'll happen. You know, eventually when the toddler, you know, with their behavior or tantrum or whatever, eventually they get who's boss, right? We've all done that with two-year-olds. It can be exhausting. No one's, we're, not, we're not saying that. But eventually the two-year-old's like, you know, okay. And the same thing with the brain. Uh, it'll, it'll get that we are now looking for the positive, what we're grateful for. And so that is another thing I do each and every morning. So I also just mentioned I make hot tea, and I'm, I'm sure there's lots of coffee drinkers out there. Truthfully, usually I often make the tea. Well, it can go either way. I sometimes make the tea before I write, write, it's right in my hand, but I set it down on the coffee table and then I go make a hot tea and sit right back down by the coffee table, sometimes on the deck when it's nice out, because I love the feeling of warm tea, which is also something I'm very grateful for. And then next, so now we are literally up to maybe five minutes, six at the, at the very most. And that includes the walking from one room to another. It, this is not a big time co- commitment. Just me explaining it to you is more time, but it's, it's so quick. And then after this, I do um, an affirmation, an affirmation. I do an affirmation. I do my thing. I say, I'm, I am authentic. I am valuable and I'm grateful for my life. I say that in my head. I also do, uh, I set an intention. I set an intention and this is super important to me. I will just sort of declare um, I will have fun today. I, I will have little stress. I'll manage my stress well today. Um, the meeting I have with so-and-so person is going to go so well today. Um, I'm looking forward to having something, a wonderful surprise happen today. I just set an affirmation. I'm going to have a great lunch with a colleague today. And, you know, this is obviously called manifesting. And I, I will say to you that it works for me. It, it happened. They, these things come true. You know, my presentation is going to go as well as it possibly could today. And I use words like it will or I am. I will, I am, it will. Um, and and I, stay, I steer away from the word want because to want is to lack. And the universe listens very clearly. So we have to be mindful of the vocabulary we use. Because if we, you know, if, if, you, if you're going to think that your intention is, you know, today I want to make more money. Okay. Well, saying I want more money tells the universe you lack money. 
And so that's why you want it, right? So to fill in the hole. So the universe senses a, a hole, a gap, an abyss of lack. And lack attracts more lack. So if it's abundance you want, and sometimes I say this actually, I say I'm abundant today. And I just say to the universe, pick me, you know, whatever opportunity it is. Um, and I do this sometimes. And sometimes it is like a faucet I can't shut off because I'm like, I'm abundant. Pick me. I'm ready to go. And then all of a sudden it's one thing after the other. and It's all good stuff. And it's like a faucet I can't shut off. And it's great. I just have to grease my rollerblades. But you want to say things, you know, I am abundant, not I want money. I want to make more money. I am abundant. I sometimes say I am wealthy. Though my definition of wealthy is is different. It's not, you know, it's not just money. Wealthy, and I am already wealthy, so I just kind of declare it. I'm very wealthy. I think about all the relationships in my life. I have a wonderful husband and five amazing young adult children and uh, my husband's parents and brothers and, you know, a nice place to live and food in our tummies and all that kind of thing. And I'm also grateful when the cars work because you know how that goes. It's really a good time for to have a car issue. Um, and so, yeah, so wealthy is a bigger, a bigger thing for me. And I also try to remind myself when doing this, if something comes up that's financial is that financial stuff is a, is a side effect, you know, the money thing, um, financial stuff is a side effect. So I, I just personally, this is my own thing. I know Aaron Doughty talks about this on his YouTube also, but I was already kind of there as far as focusing on my passion. I also uh, say thank you for my passion a lot. You've all heard me about how much I love where I, where I teach and also do, do my well-being and success work. And I, I say work in quotes because I don't even feel like that. It, you know, it's just so much fun. So when we follow our passion, we follow that inner voice and follow, you know, kind of the whole reason we were put on this earth, the rest of that stuff all falls into place. The money and all of it, it just kind of just, just all falls into place. And another thing I work very hard at is, is just letting stuff go. I mean, just in general. And sometimes um, I use Richard Carlson's stuff. He, he's the author of a, it's actually a series of Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And his whole theme is just, and he's got lots of little easy to read short, like they're like only a page or two, which makes it great for my schedule since I fly around a lot. And just all different tips on how to let go of different things and uh, because he's right about don't sweat the small stuff. And then it's dot, dot, dot. And it's all small stuff. That's really true. You know, unless God forbid you get that phone call, you know, that, that horrible life changer. Um, but thankfully that's not most of the time, most of the time it's the high majority of it we can let go of. And I remind myself of that. Like, am I going to care about this in a day, a week, a month? Am I going to care about this in 10 minutes? Probably not. Don't need it. Right. And then there's, you know, We've talked about forgiveness in a different episode and things like that. And I, I you know, remember um, my definition of forgiveness or letting it go is Claudia Black's actually the adult children of alcoholics pioneer from the eighties. And, you know, she says very clearly forgiveness has nothing to do with forgetting and everything to do with remembering and choosing to move forward. I am all about choosing to move forward. So I actively work at the letting go thing, each day also sometimes there isn't anything like golf but if there is i work hard at it and sometimes it's super easy it's like some petty thing somebody was crispy and like who cares go go have a coffee you'll be fine and sometimes it's maybe somebody who's, who's you know closer to me and it might be and then i just have to take a walk in the woods and do some deep breathing and you know realize i did the best they could or whatever the circumstances are 
And even if it was intentional and hurtful or whatever, it's over no matter how you cut it up. And, you know, it's, I just choose to move forward because it, you know, I'm not going to have that hanging on to me like a barnacle on my butt at the expense of my destiny, which uh, I love that line. That's from Dr. Jakes, uh, one of Oprah's and my friends. I have to say, cause Oprah's one of my dearest friends. She just doesn't know. I also am a big fan of Dr. Jakes. And he, he says that he says, I'm paraphrasing cause I don't have it in front of me. You know, I'm not going to hang on to my, you know, my past history at the expense of my destiny. No freaking way. No one's worth that. So I'm kind of that one liner. I kind of live by too. Um, so that's another one daily work at letting it go because when we hang on to stuff, it just, we only have so much, so much emotional energy in one day. So why do I want to sacrifice 10 or 20 minutes of my, you know, valuable, valuable life minutes to relive something that happened last week or last month or 10 years ago, or, you know, thinking about something that's next week, two weeks later. I'm not talking about planning because you're doing a presentation or something. You have to do that. But as far as I'm not a big worrier because for what? You can't control it anyway. And then, of course, we could bring PERMA into it. So uh, PERMA is a Marty Seligman thing, father of positive psychology. He's just, he's such a nice man. Um, I've, I've sat on him on a, I'm not sure what we're calling it now, but committee or something. Anyway, it's an international positive psychology group. And I've sat with him a few times. He's just the nicest guy. But anyway, came up with PERMA. So P-E-R-M-A. So the P is for positive regard, positive emotion. E is for engagement. Uh, R is for relationships, which is huge. M is for meaning. And A is for accomplishment. And it's kind of like, I think of them as like buckets, I probably heard that somewhere, but anyway, buckets. And they have to all be full. They don't have to be totally full. You know, sometimes just like, you know, life happens, you know, your 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 positive emotion might be lower at one point where your your um, accomplishment is higher, whatever. They, you know, can be fluid, right, so to speak. But to have, you know, to have those partially full is very important to have those boxes checked. So positive emotion Definitely, you know, I have that checked each day, really, you know, and it does take work sometimes. I tell people, it's not like I hit the happiness lottery. I do have a very naturally kind of even keeled position. That's partially, you know, genetics and happiness is a choice. I, I work at it. I just didn't pull the, the lottery ticket for happy. It takes conscious choice making each and every day. Okay. So, okay. Regroup. P is for positive emotion. The e is engagement. I, I oh my gosh, I, and this is another big blessing in my life because I work with young adults and they are my niche. So they are they are incredibly engaged and enthusiastic every day. So I just that's like it's just I'm right in the midst of them, working with them every day, and so that just has my happy bubble full right there. Then we have relationships, and if any of you you've heard me talk, and maybe some of you have seen my TED talks, I had a pretty turbulent and also violent upbringing. Um, and so fortunately I have my husband's family and they're amazing. Um, his parents are amazing and uh, his brothers are amazing. I have loads of friends. In fact, um, my mother-in-law has often said to me through the years because of my, my own home situation way back when, and, and she says, honey, just remember you're our kid. You're our kid. And I always thank her up and down. And if she's listening, I love you, ma. I, and then I tease her. I said, that does sound like a bad country song. I'm just saying. 
but um, they're just wonderful. My brothers-in-law are wonderful, and I've got loads of friends. And you know how I feel about my colleagues at at work. And so that box is checked. And then uh, the meaning, also with um, you know having a partner, being the mom of the Fab Five, meaning in my relationships, meaning with um, my calling at Champlain, teaching, and doing all the well-being stuff, which includes making podcasts on. On on topics such as this one and YouTube's and all of that, it's just the mean and my cup overfloweth honestly, and then accomplishments. So that's kind of goes along with that because there are a lot of little mini accomplishments with different, you know, YouTube's and things and write writing for Psychology Today, blah blah blah, whatever. And um, uh, even in, in the small stuff, cooking cooking new things and it actually works out well, and you don't burn it or have to throw it out because it worked out well. Hikes, hiking to the top and and down, and with that all going well, there's all different ways to to have accomplishments. So, checking off the perma boxes is something I do too. To be truthful, I don't think of the perma thing every single day. So the main drill here, just to recap, is I wake up, I say thank you, just those two words. I then stare out the window for one to three minutes, probably closer to one to be honest. I swing around, feet hit the ground, thank you. Though I'm aware of, very aware of my spine being attacked, then reach for the gratitude journal, which is on the windowsill with a pen in it. I then head to the microwave to heat up hot tea, sit on the couch or the deck.、Um, we are at maybe minute five here, literally.、Um, I sometimes do my affirmation with, "I am authentic. I am valuable. I'm grateful for my life." I just say that, and、uh, then the intention. I sometimes set more set more than one, depending on what's going on in my life, and then the day, things I work at daily, depending on what's going on in my life, is the letting go. I do not want to hold on to anything. I just don't. It just feels heavy and huge, and when I let it go, it's just liberating and wonderful. And、um, and then again, I'm very social and keeping up with those relationships because we do know that is the number one for longevity. Living a long, high-quality existence. So there you go. Those are my tips and strategies for my own day. And it, I don't think I spend ten minutes doing that. Honest to goodness. So this is Kimberly Quinn signing off from Northern Vermont. Have a mindful day. <laughs>